oh my god ryan can we do the show <laughs> no 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 all right fine who's starting okay. i'm maddie i'm maddie and i'm also ryan and this is also the mutant ages a show where we watch every adaptation of the x-men also we're watching x-men the animated series back when we were young we experienced a change glad that we have such a professional opening to anybody that i hope i hope this is not the episode that somebody decided to jump in on and was like i'm gonna listen to this episode today i hope that for multiple reasons because also this is the second half of a two-parter that we're reviewing this is proteus part two so if this is your first ever episode you should go back at least one and listen to our review of proteus part one in the previous episode or you could just jump in here because like fuck it time isn't even linear i don't know (laughs) everything is serious anyway this episode starts right where the last one left off so i guess we should do a previously on the x-men because otherwise what the fuck are we doing so previously on the x-men Moira McTaggart made some mistakes. Scotland bagpipes. Turns out she had a son the entire time <laughs> <laughs> in the basement of her lab. Hidden in the basement, locked in a padded room where she was doing experiments on him to make him less gay and less of a mutant. Just a whole like baby's first conversion therapy situation down in the basement. And also Banshee <laughs> was there for some reason, being like, "This is fine." So that's all what was happening on the last episode. And also. Well, it's a- until he broke free and had powers to essentially change and warp surfaces and physical items and around him mm-hmm. uh and then went around crazily screaming i want to meet my father uh, my father i want to meet my father okay that's still like work kurt ragnar i'm like doing the nightcrawler voice yeah you could do the nightcrawler accent you can't do the scottish accent. i, I really can't we do any other accent we gotta keep fra- i mean arguably we can't do any accents but well i could do this the southern rogue <laughs> um rogue southern Elf. she's got a lot of good lines in here so anyway um <laughs> So, so basically Kevin who also goes by Proteus I guess although not really in these episodes is rampaging around Scotland the X-Men get involved they manage to capture him well actually they don't they fight him and the episode yeah. ends just with the fight and Kevin overpowering them with his reality bending powers which is pretty spooky it's a spooky end of the episode because the X-Men are totally overpowered and specifically Wolverine gets torn apart briefly and then reconstituted and it's just yeah. a super trippy horrifying fight scene that was where we right. left off and also uh kevin's father is the politician who's going to make scotland great again and he is pretending that he doesn't have a son and he doesn't want the world to know that he has a gay mutant child and so that's what this is all about and uh the first episode the first part as usual was really kind of like spooky and cool and good storytelling and then we're on to part two and guess what not so good the second time around <laughs> 
no this episode <laughs> it's also really Ugh. fucking fast so we're gonna blow through this really quick so we're gonna open up continuing from where wolverine got ripped apart and this is actually one of my favorite parts of the episode just because rogue's great in here mm-hmm. and wolverine is on the ground like Sobbing. crying still mm-hmm. and rogue runs over and she's like wolverine what did he do to you <laughs> wolverine's like i'm fine i don't need your help and then he's like clearly vomiting in the background yeah, and he, rogue's like, like runs off and like leans against a tree and is like dying inside and rogue yeah. is like you want to talk about it and logan goes no not now not ever i know which is such a logan like but it's very dramatic but it's setting a tone which i was like all right cool okay the tone. there we go and i do i want to talk about the fact that overall both in the tv show and the comics i really like it when we see characters like wolverine rogue gamba jubilee storm or like x23 kind of like help each other out because they the six of them always do that they're always kind of got each other or emma frost emma frost too like all all seven of them they're very like because they all used to be like bad guys were like now they're <laughs> good guys anti-heroes. yeah but they also have like all this bullshit and so i i like it when they always like when they try to be there for each other in the dark times yeah like like in a weird kind of like bro kind of way where they're like i got you bro like we're all like tough and mighty together but then like you know we're when shit hits the fan <laughs> yeah we're gonna have a cry fest together and we got each other's back i so like so having rogue approach wolverine is always just a good way to it is nice do that it's you know? always our favorite part of the show is like the times when wolverine is crying I mean, we've talked about this <laughs> before about where times. People there know. just aren't like a lot of TV shows where there is a character or like anything like a, ma- a like super a manly character. character, like a masculine character who also gets to portray any kind of emotion at all besides like tough guy or like angry guy or like upset guy, you know, mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. you know, that's it. Anyway, so Morris freaking out and she's like, we need to go to Joe. <laughs> she's not to say that. Who said that? <laughs> I thought Beast it was her. Says it. Beast walks up and he's like how about we find joe (laughs) yeah more is like no okay charles is like we can try to afford mr mctaggart some protection like from the x-men and moira's like he won't accept your help and charles is like too fucking bad because that's the only option for that guy because mr mctaggart is basically going to get attacked by kevin or at least tracked down by kevin yeah one way or another so back to Kevin himself, a.k.a. Proteus. He gets to a city where there's a bunch of political posters of his dad, Joe McTaggart, including a photo, a poster that shows Joe with like a completely other family and like different yeah. kids. And so Kevin is like alarmed by that. And then there's this weird scene where we see this like guy following Bad a date. woman down the street. It's, no, I think it's like yeah, a I date. I guess it's that's... like a, it seemed like they were coworkers though. It's a weird vibe because the guy says you don't understand me i really care i'm a lad on the way up i think we should save whales and i was like do you mean whales the country or like whales the sea animals and it's never actually (laughs) clear but who knows and then the woman i feel like that was like yeah that was like a bad okay cupid date where he said something where it's like fuck whales and she's like i'm from whales you bitch and then she got up and left he's like actually i want to save whales yeah you know it's funny and so she's like you'll go far in politics with me however you'll not get far at all good night and then stomps off and then kevin shows up and goes ahead and possesses this guy which i was like i don't know if there's any theme here and the fact that he's continuing to possess men throughout all of this and like usually I, I don't know it was just weird to me i was like i don't get why this scene is here i i couldn't find any meaning in it that made any sense so anyway 
back to the X-Men. Uh, Beast and Rogue and Logan are looking for McTaggart's campaign office. And in the background, the guy in the sweater who the guy, the bad date guy who Proteus possessed just shows up and Logan smells him and is like, Proteus is here. And then Proteus runs off into this like weird collapsing castle because that's what Scotland is like. There's just collapsing castles everywhere. And he like explodes into his Proteus self again. Yeah. As one does. Yeah. And also Moira's here as well. And Xavier. I don't know why everybody's just walking around the streets of Scotland together looking for Kevin. This is what they do. On foot. And somehow it works. But whatever. Fine. This episode is moving much faster than last time when they were like flying all over the country and couldn't find Kevin. But whatever. I know. Like literally in multiple (laughs) jets and planes. Yeah. I know. And so Moira's like, Kevin, it's time to come home. And Kevin's like, don't you understand, mother? I have to see him. And Moira's like, he doesn't want to see you. And Kevin doesn't believe her. And then Kevin just starts manifesting a bunch of like green goo and also random shit to attack them. And like some civilians get caught up in this as well. And so Rogue has to like save the civilians. Yeah. I guess Kevin gets away in the midst of all that. And Moira has this little monologue to Xavier where she's like, if Kevin does read Joe, he's going to find out that Joe left me because of him. Joe didn't want a mutant for a child. It's going to make him crazy. Okay, this is like a very different take on what happened. It is. So this is like the closest we've gotten to something that makes any goddamn sense in the past like two episodes. This is what they've rewritten to be the logic of this. Which okay. is like, all right, sure. It doesn't fully work though, because in the previous episode, it seemed like Joe did know about Kevin already. I know. I don't know. I don't know what to what to say. But then in this line, Moira's like, "No, Joe left me because of Kevin." I mean, I guess that still kind of works. Like Joe saw Kevin or whatever, realized Kevin was a mutant, and was like, "I don't want a mutant kid, so I'm gonna leave my wife." I guess that's the backstory here. I don't know. Yeah, but then like went on to have a bunch of non-mutant children right it's 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 a lot sure Um, well so the the line ends with moira saying there'll be no way to stop him short of and then she trails off and xavier's like destroying him because they can't say killing on this show right and xavier's then like we'll find another way so then proteus quickly possesses a cop because he's like the cop will know my for my father is so that's just like a brief little scene and so then joe mctaggart in his campaign office has a meeting with the x-men And Joe has his own explanation of what happened, which is Moira wanted custody. He's not my problem anymore. What do you want me to do? Put him on the telly? And Charles Xavier is like, no, Mr. McTaggart, just talk to the boy. He doesn't know why you left him. Tell him the truth. And Joe's like, are you nuts? The vote's tomorrow. There are cameras everywhere I go. I don't even want people to remember I'm divorced, much less find out that I'm the father of some kind of... And Moira interrupts him and is like, son, Joe, he's a boy and he needs his father. Oh, my God. (laughs) I like a Moira. You know what? By the way, I don't know. I don't agree with you, Moira, because you already trapped him in the basement for 17 years. And as soon as he got out, you're like, well, this seems like dad's work now. (laughs) Yeah, it's weird. It's like, Moira, what are what even I don't understand her logic here other than like Kevin's looking for his dad. But Moira, like, could have introduce them at any point I mean, in time or I anything i don't know have, but i feel like she should have been honest with kevin i mean this is a fair point or on okay honestly moira could have been honest both with kevin and with his dad i mean not that his dad's uh, somebody worth yeah i mean like, about, it's not really important but, but she at any point in time moira like, could have like called up. him and said something along the lines of oh hey just you know kevin's not doing well and, and he like, might he get out soon and he's you and like he right he and the stronger he gets i don't but... know like, yeah i know and he's just just there's no information it's like it's now moira quickly running around being like 
oh no, maybe I should have introduced them, but should we just kill him instead? And it's like, why yeah. are these the only options? It, I know, <laughs> it's like the only options are killing Kevin or introducing him to his dad, which also might which result is, which in is like, like his very dad extreme. Yeah, it's like, what is going on? And I feel you like know there what? were like a bunch of other options that Moira didn't take like on the road to get here, which like, okay, like in the comic book version, you kind of could maybe get it because it's like, oh, she's been traumatized because Kevin's supposed to be a product of rape in that scenario. So like her cutting off contact and being really vague about the particulars kind of makes sense. But in this show, yeah. it doesn't really because it's like okay so it was an abusive relationship maybe so maybe there's some trauma there but also like does that fully justify locking your child in a basement and also not telling them <laughs> any information about like no anything? i know i don't know but also like why why are the two options if you think about it politically it's the options are here it's like <laughs> you're you're gay so either you should be killed or go to a father who hates you. Those are your only options. Well, to be fair, Kevin is also refusing to like do anything else. Like Moira, w- Moira's also giving him the implicit option. It's not of like he has any fucking social skills. He's been trapped in the fucking basement <laughs> no, for how many years? And also, like going back to the basement isn't a full option for Kevin. Do you think either? Moira's just down there leaving shit for him to like play with, and it's like I fucking saw so. down it's there, like and she's like, room. there's like one saw and like you know a marble or something. <laughs> And he's like, what are these? I'm like, and Moira's like, don't use your powers, honey. Anyway, it's terrible. <laughs> so in response to all of this shit, Joe just goes, tell him that Xavier's his father. You always wanted it that way, which is like so petty. I know. <laughs> Xavier I just know. goes, you fool, McTaggart. He's coming for you, whether you like it or not. Okay, but also like Xavier got dumped by Moira and the it's completely unexplained as to why. It is. I mean, so what? Yeah, it's like she, she left Xavier. I mean, okay, it would make sense if it was related to the comic books where she kind of wound up in an abusive relationship, but they don't even say that here, so it's just random. Yeah, I mean, I think here we're supposed to believe that maybe she got pregnant and that's why they got married. I mean, that's what I theorized last time, but yeah, there's a lot of holes here because they can't fully tell the comic book version. I know, it's like, I wouldn't, this is not a story that I would have chosen to tell in a cartoon, but okay. Me either, Um, especially since I don't think it's ever going to come back after these two episodes. So, Um, okay. So Joe then kind of turns on his head here and he's like saying that now he wants to help kevin and he's like remember moira he's mine too which is like a weird ending and then he like also says he has protection and motions to these two random bodyguards that he has and it's like okay fine bodyguards sure they're gonna matter later kind of so then the cop who is proteus is like at this building and it turns out that the building is joe's house but he sort of sneaks into the house at first and is like undercover in there and like watching things briefly and he sees these two children who are joe's kids his dad's other kids wait wait is this the part where he rang the doorbell to go to his dad's house yes he rings the doorbell and then he just walks but then like the melts i know i was gonna say <laughs> okay i don't know i i realized that we we're on a totally different part here i'm looking at my notes and clearly i didn't write them in any kind of court order i don't I mean, know maybe what i skipped I was thinking. a part where proteus was jumping i around. think he, well you know what there's a i just know there was a point there where he was screaming something like, just leave me alone. And Wolverine's like, I wish I could. And then everything melted and Logan was riding a log like a surfboard and Rogue's just like <laughs> catching shit in the background. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, I think that was at the end of the part where they were in the crumbling castle. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like, you know, Wolverine's just in the background chopping logs while Rogue's actually saving people. Rogue does all the work in this episode, by the way. <laughs> well, she does have like the coolest powers. I mean, it's hard to beat flight and super strength. I know, she's basically Captain Marvel. Yeah. Um, so at some point, doesn't Joe say that he appreciates their protection, like the X-Men's, but he's like, but I've got my own. Mm-hmm. And then, the, and then he like brings in his goons and the X-Men okay, are like, but they're okay, like, they're, they're like these like 
these super gay butt boys. They're <laughs> like, like wearing tight t-shirts. Like I know, and like leather pants. And I was like, these. This is your hired security. Like, <laughs> where are we bouncing? What gay club are we at? Listen, he's a closeted conservative politician, oh, and his my life God. is his business. And he has a completely normal nuclear family: a boy, a girl, a dog, a hot <laughs> new blonde wife. He's got all that shit now. So this is all the stuff that Proteus finds in this new house where he didn't get to grow up. It's like this fancy schmancy mansion. And he leaves the house and the only person who sees him is Joe's wife. Like he's basically just undercover the entire time that he's on this weird visit. And so then back to Joe, who's having this conversation with a guy. I don't know who this character is, this guy in the purple coat. Is that like someone we're supposed to know who that is? Or is it just a random guy? Do you know? I think it's a random guy. I don't know who that is. I kept expecting him to matter, but I actually don't think he does. But he maybe maybe he's like some somebody in the comics. I'll look it up and add it in if it matters. But Joe's basically just talking to this other extra body guy who's like a third bodyguard in a purple coat who like is also really flamboyant i don't know this is a weird episode i don't know there's like a whole bunch of them like that yeah and he's just like if the boy shows up keep him out of sight until after the vote if you don't all our work will be for nothing and the purple coat guy is like how is he and joe's like how should i know i haven't seen him since he was crawling and brogue is overhearing all of this she's like listening in through the grate and she's just like Oh, to let Proteus just get a good look at your old dad. Yeah, by the way, she's floating in this fucking vent. I don't know how big this vent is, but it's enough for Rogue's entire body to like float sit there and float. Of it. Yeah, as opposed to just sitting there normally. She's like, I'm going to fly. I mean, why not? I'm just going to hover. <laughs> I mean, slightly. I guess it makes more less noise, but I guess you know, that's a good not, point, actually. She's not cleaning around there being like, <laughs> Yeah, you know what? I wonder right. what's going on in there. <laughs> That's actually a pretty good justification for why she's doing that. So then she okay, leaves. but I just, I, I just don't understand how she fit. That's all. I you know, really whatever. Either, but it's a huge vent that she's hiding in. So then she leaves and she calls her communicator and she's like, Professor, we've got to change shifts. I need a shower after babysitting this slime. I know. I actually could loved that line, I did by too. the way. I really liked a lot of Rogue's lines in this episode because she's like clearly had enough of this bullshit. I um, mean, honestly, who who has it? Like, even Wolverine's like, done with it. This sucks. Like, this guy is just the worst, Joe McTaggart. Uh, yeah. So there's all these signs all over this building and a bunch of crowds who are there because I guess it's election day but also Joe McTaggart is giving a speech like some sort of campaign speech at the same time even though by this point people should be voting so I don't know what exactly this even is but whatever fine Rogue is watching this speech and this like gathering of some kind and like keeping an eye on it and Joe is like shaking hands with people and Rogue has this weird line where like she's responding to Joe talking about how he protects children and blah 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 all of his talking points and Rogue is like I don't go along with abandoning kids like Joe having abandoned his own son and stuff like that right and then beast in the is in the corner reading a fucking book and quoting it aloud to no one no he seriously it's gotten a little out of control how frequently and i love beast i, I love that he it, quotes but like this line i had to look up and it was like absurd. you say that obscure. a lot so i don't I, know i never know i like i spend way too much time googling beast lines and finding out what they are sometimes i know what they are like i know moby dick i know ozymandias from last time but this one i was like okay this is a james harvey robinson quote about politics i don't know who the fuck that is and i don't even know what this quote means so i don't either i don't know and also it's only interesting when he's doing it while he's also fighting bad guys because that's funny but when he's literally standing in the corner by himself in a trench coat reading a book yeah he looks like a ninja turtle with the fucking trench cat and the fedora (laughs) on and it's like everybody knows that you're a big blue dude okay yeah and also okay also wolverine's walking around an alley and he's dressed like 
in the gayest outfit. He could. He's just he's a gay a cowboy, cowboy here. And it's like, like a coat. He's like dressed in like Indiana Jones cosplay for no reason. Just like by right. himself in the basement, like walking around. I don't I know. know why. I know. And he's like a hairy motherfucker. And I don't know. And he's like sitting there. He hears a rat and he's like screaming because he sees a rat and, and he's popping like having his claws. All these PTSD issues where like a rat is making him freak out. I, I mean, it's all I don't know what's happening here. Um, and then meanwhile, Proteus, doesn't Kevin like find one of uh, Joe's gay bouncers he and just does. takes his body? He does, yeah. And then meanwhile, Joe is ascending the stage to like give more of his stupid speech and everybody claps for him and Joe goes, I'll take that as support, not just for me. Wait, now we go into this like fucking crazy situation where Joe's like, this is for all of our children yeah. and Rogue's like standing there being like, I guess he likes children that aren't his. I've seen that before. And then we get to go back to a flashback of a different episode yeah. where we just get Rogue getting the shit beaten out of her by her father again. And yeah. she's like standing there crying. I actually liked that as like a hook into like what Rogue is thinking in that moment. I didn't hate it. I, it's like no, I didn't either. And in episode fact, that I was like, this is like some real shit. And I feel like it goes with the episode, you know, I agree. And I think it's good on Rogue that her initial reaction to that is not to go down and beat the ever living shit out of that guy. She's just kind of like, fuck <laughs> not him right away. She's well, but also she's traumatized. I mean, so you know, like, she wants you to remember. She has this extreme personal connection. Like she similarly has a mutant power that is dangerous and she couldn't be controlled and she's wanted a cure and stuff like that like she can relate to kevin in a lot of ways and also has an abusive father who kicked her out like there's a lot of similarities there and i i just thought it was nice that the episode like quickly brought attention to that but like not in too heavy-handed of a way by just showing us the quick flashback and then when it comes back rogue is just standing there sobbing quietly by herself and it's like oh right like doing this kind of work is actually really hard for the x-men like they all are like personally very close to what's happening here and are deeply affected by it i don't know i liked it as a scene it's part it's too bad because i feel like the rest of the episode really undercuts the seriousness of those themes but whatever we can get to that when we get yeah later i know So joe keeps giving a stupid fucking speech and he's all like i know without my children i would simply cease to exist they're my life our children are more than our future which is like dude why are you giving this speech when you know you have a child out there on the run trying to find and kill you i don't know it's like like incredibly stupid so anyway then as he's saying that the bodyguard walks up to him turns into proteus and like approaches him and is like father it's kevin and interestingly proteus doesn't try to attack joe in this moment he just like becomes proteus and walks up to his father and that's perceived as an attack you know and so then rogue flies down and beast sleeps up and they sort of get between them and rogue is like careful sugar and beast is like mr mctaggart might not recognize you and then proteus starts yelling at the x-men to stay away from him and that's when things get out of hand and the cops this is like this is like a crazy situation too because like logan runs in he sees proteus and screams i can't and And he he runs runs away. away and then literally the whole building starts falling apart but it's into random objects and rogues just in the background like punching it all away while people are like die- like trying not to die she's yeah. just like she's flying from one end of the room punching like a piano falling from the sky out of the way and just too. like saving civilians as yeah, she goes and, like it's just going background and like everyone's just there all like be like what's going on and rogues like can anyone help me anyone at all <laughs> meanwhile xavier is like trying to call logan on the phone and logan just like isn't answering. <laughs> like it is like all this shit's falling around him and like w- like fucking xavier's onto like his cell phone be like wolverine wolverine where are you 
It's so much. So I know. Xavier shows up at this absurd scenario and is like, stop fighting us and we'll listen to you. And Kevin is like, where's my father? And Xavier's like, you frightened him, Kevin. He ran away because, and Kevin's like, shut up, you kept him from me. And then he like explodes and shoots a bunch of electricity at Rogue and then at the chandelier and then at like a bunch of other stuff, which I, I don't know. I remember thinking it looked really cool, this whole fight sequence. I mean, there's cool animation here. Uh, yeah. And then Char- there's like a huge hole in the ground and like everyone suddenly starts falling into it and Charles Xavier falls into it for some reason. Like, I don't know that happens. And then Logan swoops in at the last second and saves Xavier, except he doesn't because then Moira oh my has God. to do it because Logan like nearly drops Xavier again. So it's like kind of this triumphant moment where Logan overcomes his fears of Proteus and like returns to the battle and save Xavier except like he doesn't even get that moment fully and Moira actually manages to be the one to save him which is weird yeah. I don't know it's a weird finale it's a weird situation I know and so then Logan and Charles head back over to talk to Kevin again and Logan is like better talk to your boy professor because he ain't listening to any of us which is sort oh of interesting because it's like he's treating Xavier like Xavier is his dad or Kevin's dad I, I, I don't even know which I is don't odd. know it's odd the number of people who do that But anyway, Xavier taps into Kevin's brain. Never a good idea. And he's like, I sense that beneath your anger, there's a yearning, a reaching out. I'm a doctor. Let me help you understand what it is you seek. And Kevin is like, what I want is my father. If you want to help me, bring him to me. And then he runs away. Yep. That's pretty much it. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't, this scene, (laughs) you did a good job explaining what's happening. And I just didn't contribute because I only remember when I was watching it is that there was plot points sort of happening, but also like the floor was like lava and water at the same time. And there were pillars like you're supposed to be like taking these, these plot points, but there's so much happening that like, the only parts that I can remember from that was what objects were falling from the sky because it was really distracting. <laughs> yeah, you know? I mean, it's also, there's not that much plot happening here. And also pretty much everything we just saw is about to happen all over again. Like this is a kind of, yeah, no, and, and it's actually, it's really like, I, you know, what's funny is that I was thinking about this episode before we watched it. And I remember there being a scene where Kevin approaches him during some sort of like political, political rally. Yeah. A political rally. I didn't realize that it happens like multiple times at different rallies. They just like pick up the rally, go to like this guy just came and destroyed everything. It was basically a terrorist th- threat. And they just moved to another building that's maybe like, a mile a away. And they just, they just continue. And it's like, this is not how this would go down, but okay. <laughs> I mean, I guess they don't really have a good way to protect themselves from like a mutant threat. I don't know. I, whatever. So anyway, the X-Men have a little debrief after this fight that didn't go that well. And yeah. Xavier is like, stopping him is beyond our power. We must continue to try to reason with him. And Moira's like, Charles, you tried. It is I that must do something now. And then she oh just my leaves. God. And Charles is like, Moira, <laughs> wait. And Beast is like, do you want me to go get her? And Xavier just clenches his fist and is like, if only I had more time with him. And it's like, oh my God. kind no, of irritating he- because it's like, Xavier wasn't really helping that much actually no he wasn't he was not doing anything to help at all i mean like he was sitting there calling wolverine on his phone <laughs> just but then every time he tries to talk to kevin he's like kevin what is it that you want and kevin says the same fucking thing every time he just wants to meet his dad that's all he's wanted and it's all he's going to want until the episode ends like that is the only possible conclusion here anyway um beast basically points that out and he's like 
Kevin has the immature emotions of a child. Logan is like, let's fucking kill him. <laughs> and Rogue is like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and also, by the way, when he was tossing us around, where were you hiding? And Logan goes, back off, cornpone. I know. I fucking love it because Rogue, like, honestly, she has every right to say that there because she was just doing all the heavy lifting and, like, Wolverine shows <laughs> and Wolverine up and is like, like and Wolverine's like, I- we should kill Parodius. And Rogue's like, where the fuck were you? Yeah. And Beast is like, your anger serves no purpose, Rogue. Wolverine could not prevent his hesitation. And Logan's like, what's that supposed to mean? And Beast is like, oh my God. only that there's no emotion harder to control than a paralyzing fear. We've all experienced it, but it must be and Logan's even like, worse okay, But this doesn't you. even make any sense because Logan's like, I've never been scared before in my life. I'm like, that's a fucking lie. It is. It's weird. I couldn't tell if Beast was just trying to flatter his ego by saying that because he's like, oh, yeah, you experienced it for the first time. Like, that's the end of his line. And I'm like, I don't know if that's true like i, I don't feel like we've know seen i don't it Logan did, be scared many times on this show seriously with through weapon x alone which because we see him have flashbacks of that on both the cartoon and several times in the movies it seems to be something he's scared of yeah and it's also like I don't know. He's he's dealt with this exact problem before, so it's kind of weird that it happens. I mean, yeah. I don't I don't mind that it's part of this episode. I just felt like the dialogue was a little strange. Anyway, yeah. Okay, wait, wait, wait. So let's talk about this whole transition that is so fast. Which which Xavier first flies in and he's like, I think Moira's going to kill her yeah. son, basically. <laughs> and we're like, like everyone's guys, like, what? Moira's going to kill her son. And honestly, he's not even wrong. Like, I think that is what Moira goes to do. We don't find that out until a couple scenes later. But. No, well, yeah, that's true. And then. Then it goes quickly to a news report where they're like, Joe was attacked by a a, 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 a rival mutant, opponent, yeah. and it was like sent by like his his uh, his opponent. It was not real. And then it just cuts to another rally where Joe's like, "Thanks for having me tonight." And then after this <laughs> afternoon, I'm thankful to be anywhere tonight. And everyone's like, "Oh!" And okay, I'm like, dude, you all crazy. just died two seconds ago, and that was such a fast transition in which it was like, okay, so okay, Proteus okay. leaves, right? And then yeah. so immediately Xavier flies in and it says, Boyer's going to kill her son, and then there's a news report that's like, oh, all that was fake news, and then they just move the rally like a building down the street. Yeah, and also like the newscast saying that somehow mctaggart's opponent orchestrated that like how is that even fucking possible i don't like, even know it what? doesn't fucking even make sense and then, and then and then after this incredibly fast transition it's just rogue standing there going mm-hmm that boy is slick as hog fat and we're like okay thanks rogue yeah but like is he that slick like i feel like he's just giving the same fucking speech he was giving before i mean they all just kind of moved into a different room they didn't really go anywhere else okay, but whatever but also this rally is really weird because there's a bunch of like judges at it in judges robes I, I, they're wearing like wigs and shit why were they there like can anyone <laughs> who lives in Scotland what country are we in right in now and tell us i don't what know this was because i actually don't understand like our maybe scottish elections are different or something and like you just have a rally on the same day as your election and then also you do I, a presentation and but a bunch of a front i don't think that's how it a goes bunch of judges and you're like now i'm talking to the judges and also joe keeps telling weird jokes at this i don't know this is like bad but all i know is i have a next note all it says is joe is going on about his love for his children again and Yet then proteus again, screams the yeah, no 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 speech. no wait and then proteus screams Proteus shows up. Logan runs away. Then everyone runs away. That's like literally what the notes say. And I don't think they're wrong. 
I don't think so either. It's literally the same scene again, except a different it's location. It's like we have like to watch the scene the again. Scene. I don't know why they're doing I this. I don't know. And then it like literally again, Xavier's like, we have to go help him. And it's like, I don't know. It's just, it's the, I guess this time. Same. Okay, so here's the key difference. The key difference this time is that Proteus actually successfully manages to confront his father without the X-Men intervening. Like it's the I mean, same Xavier exact t- scene. Like, literally Xavier tells him not ending. to. Yeah, like Xavier tries to intervene and is like, I thought you were going to say the key difference in this scene is that Xavier wasn't on his phone this time. <laughs> okay, that's also the case. But basically, it ends it ends with Proteus finally actually talking to his dad. And he's like, everybody says you don't want to see me, but that can't be true. And then Joe is like, you're not real. You're a trick. And he's like screaming at Proteus, like thinking that he's fake or some kind of magic trick or something. And meanwhile, the judges scream and run away. And then Xavier tries, does this thing where this time he's like, let them talk to each other for some reason. Like now he's like, okay, now it can happen. And so then Proteus makes himself smaller and looks slightly more like Kevin and like project an image of Kevin within his like gold Proteus form. And he's like, does this help? It's me, Kevin. I need you, father. And then he like reaches out to Joe. And at first Joe screams, security guards, somebody get him. And uh, somebody Kevin's like, like don't. don't. And then Xavier kind of rolls up and tries to intervene again. And then Proteus starts throwing a tantrum. And once again, now we're back to the same fucking shit again, where Rogue is protecting the citizens from all the falling rubble yet again. I know, it's like literally all the shit's falling all over all the place. This is all the same. Logan goes up to the kid. This time Logan now has the ability to confront Kevin. Kevin, I don't know why now he's I don't, It doesn't matter ability. because Wolverine has some weird speech and he just gets blown away by some magic fog. Yeah, he's like, your old man's no saint, but that's no reason to trash this dump. If you don't like Xavier, maybe you can talk to me. And then Proteus just immediately flicks Wolverine away, like into the distance. And it's like, okay, that took two seconds. So now we're in like the end game of this episode, which barely has made any sense. I mean, honestly, like it doesn't sound like anything. We just were in two buildings and that's all that's happened in this episode. But the same thing happened in both buildings, which like, why? Anyway, the final thing that happens is Banshee shows back up with Moira and they have that same like laser cannon that they were using at the beginning of the very first episode to blast at Kevin and remove his powers. It's basically like their magic conversion therapy gun. And so Uh, Moira shows up with Banshee and this huge gun and she's like, we have the one thing that seems to affect Kevin at a low power. It helps control him at full power. It might. And then she doesn't finish her sentence. And then she's like, Uh, she like cries a little bit. Stop him. I'll have to and basically is suggesting that like she's going to kill her son which I don't know why like, I, I don't know either why it's a lot use the gun at a lower power and nobody None knows this makes sense anyway Xavier goes Moira wait I have to try one last time okay but this is like a f- hilarious animation because there's an animation of Xavier flying by on his wheelchair while a pillar just crashes down next to him it's just like so fast and i laughed really hard and then oh i don't i guess i don't know what's happening because my next note says what the fuck is happening but anyway it's says well, proteus goes crazy animations but there's but like a, there's like a whole thing where xavier like lets proteus go into his mind or yes, something they like merge like, together my name is charles xavier you know me now i've come to help you face your rage and face it you must possess me as you have others kevin oh my god look inside my mind and see that's that not I even what i wrote down i wrote down xavier says it's time to master this power and rage. Time to brainwash you, bitch. <laughs> I mean, that's basically what it is. So Proteus, I guess, goes into Xavier's mind and that's what happens next. And then he ultimately just gets smaller and like becomes Kevin and is like sitting in Xavier's lap when they wake up, which is really weird. 
I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I know, anyway. that is a little weird. Um, so but then, he's also normal now, by the way. Yeah, now he's just a normal child, a normal young boy. And then, okay, but then all this weird shit, that like, Boyer runs over and hugs Joe, and then Joe hugs Boyer, and then they hug Kevin, and they're like, I don't know. And then the paparazzi shows up with the news, and they're taking photos of Joe and Kevin hugging, and like, I, don't, I was just it's like, It's so weird. What? And like, there's this line where Joe is like, son, is that really you? And Kevin goes, it is father. And Joe's like, my child though i've no right to the name can you forgive me and savior goes go ahead kevin and then joe and kevin hug and like i I, there's everyone's hugging it's everyone's hugging this is like absurd that we got literally like now that kevin looks like a normal teen boy he's allowed to be loved by his conservative father like that's horrifying it's horrible and everybody the news are just standing there filming this yeah and like all the reporters are taking photos and it's like whatever also it's election day still i guess is this going to affect the election who fucking i have no knows? idea who fucking they knows don't actually tell us the answer to that question by the way so anyway flash forward suddenly to proteus like hanging out with banshee and now he's just playing with a bunch of shapes on a table and banshee's like teaching him how to use his powers and he's like hooked up to a computer learning how to use his powers which why the fuck didn't they do this earlier i don't know and also what is this fucking game they're playing I don't know. I think it's supposed to be like he's learning how to use his power. Like he's manifesting different shapes. I don't know. It just looks like fucking like the shape game you use as a kid. You yeah, put it looks like, like a thing together, in. Like, but it's also like a, a hologram and it's like they're just sitting there. It's going boop, 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 boop. <laughs> and then it goes, and he, Kevin looks like he's going to like kill something. And then like, yeah, she's like, ho, ho, ho. I was like, what? What is this? What yeah. are we? And so then Beast and Moira are just looking on from the sidelines, and Beast is like, "His progress is remarkable." And Moira is like, "I okay, feel wait, much better slide. with him fighting his teacher than taking on the whole world." Wait, okay, but translation: <laughs> Moira says, "I am way happier with my child torturing my new fiance than my old husband." <laughs> I mean. It's crazy, like across every level, because why, yeah, it really is. Why couldn't they control Kevin? I don't understand this, like, at all. I don't know. Well, okay, so then we go outside where Logan and Rogue are both taking turns looking off the cliff dramatically mm-hmm. of Weir Island, and Logan's like, whatever Chuck did in there, it worked. I don't know how he faced that thing. He never loses his cool. Which is, like, first of all, bullshit. Xavier's Xavier the person loses his, loses cool, his cool the most. Constantly. I know. Also, like, it's, like, trying to put this, like, perspective that the cool guy is talking about how cool, like, Xavier is, I and it's know. like, no, nobody goes. I, and then Rogue's convinced. all like, it's okay, hon. In our business, we get all we all get check up every now and again. And Logan's like, I, I don't. don't. <laughs> it's like, no, again, Logan, you are the one who gets shook up the most. And then he also starts crying again and walks away. And <laughs> yeah, looking like, up at what? what are you doing? And he's like standing there dramatically, looking off the cliff. And that's Sobbing, the end of this like, shitty I've never episode. Been shook up in my life. <laughs> <laughs> okay, like, which, dude, it's, it's okay. It's, it's so okay. bad. It's so bad. And like. Oh, I have so many thoughts on this episode. Like, I do too, but you know what? It sucks because I actually really enjoyed part one, and I thought like part one I is it was really phenomenally better. And that's like this the second part is just two different Senate hearings, basically, and then that's the whole <laughs> that episode. Are both interrupted by like a child. Okay, okay, Screaming? let's get into politics because this shit is crazy. Okay. <laughs> well, we're literally so, with a politician right now. I feel like the first episode and to a certain extent this episode are trying to imply that the whole time Kevin wasn't actually trying to hurt anyone 
and that anytime he did hurt people, it was an accident and that he actually was just trying to find his father and he wasn't going to hurt him. He just wanted to find his father. Like, would you agree that that's technically what we're being shown? And like all of this collateral damage is kind of like, oh, it's a child having a tantrum, but he's not actually trying to hurt people. I feel like that's what yeah. we're being shown. I don't know. No, I don't that is what we're being shown. But like it's also being comics. Sh- I think Proteus is like supposed to be more dangerous than that. But in this yeah, show, he's, a little he's evil not. That. He's, he's he's just like, like he's throwing a tantrum. That's it. He's right. not supposed to be like that dangerous in this in this episode anyway. Which I guess is maybe because this is a child character, so they didn't feel right having him be really dangerous. Like maybe they thought that would be too disturbing. But because of that, it means the ending where Kevin is like fine all along is actually more disturbing because it then makes you wonder why the fuck they did anything else that they were doing before. Like, yeah, why was Moira torturing her child and like trying to force him to be human basically when it turned out that he could have just learned how to control his mutant powers the entire fucking time and just been like a happy child and also why didn't she tell him about his father from the beginning i i mean that's a great question i mean it's like okay i like you're talking about we're in the politics section but you're mostly just talking about how this story makes no fucking sense like from a political allegory perspective too like the metaphor here do you know what i'm saying like i feel like it becomes a more disturbing metaphor in this episode because it's also like it turns out that moira could have just let him be himself which is a good message except also it's saying that he had to become a more like palatable version of yeah. himself in order for his father to be willing to speak to him which yeah, is basically his father's like know. you have to know. stop acting gay in front of me and i'll like talk to you yeah which i don't know i i feel like there's a lot of mixed messages and the episode just didn't hang together at all and i know i mean it's the, the whole episode is just so hyper focused on um like this politician be like, I love children as long as they're like white street children. That's pretty much it. <laughs> okay, so here's what I really th- think the problem was with the structure of it is that I feel like they weren't willing to give this show a more sad ending or this episode a more sad ending. Like they weren't willing to actually have Joe be like, okay, great. Like my kid maybe has the ability to not look like a mutant, but you know what? He's still a mutant. I still don't accept him. I'm not interested. Like they weren't willing to do that. And I feel like that's sadly more realistic and it would have been more interesting because then it would have been like, well, this kid has to come to terms with the fact that his father doesn't accept him, but like maybe he can make some new friends with the X-Men who will accept him and like find a new family because that's a storyline that we've seen the show do a few times pretty well. And like they almost did in this episode, but then they chicken out and they were like nope turns out that joe mctaggart conservative politician loves his son after all question mark i know like i don't buy it you know what i mean but also like it's like the way that the the press takes us it's like as soon as they see this mutant child become like a human again they're like oh he goes to hug him (laughs) i mean and it's like i'm like i don't really know what the goal is here because it's like are mutants bad or not like it doesn't seem to make any kind of sense i mean it shows that Joe's got a kind heart at the end, and that's that's great for a politician. But twenty seconds ago, he was like, "Kill the gays." So I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know what his politics even are supposed to be, and it feels like the show. I don't know. It just feels like they chickened out on the second part of this, and also like it wasn't well structured. Like it's uh, whatever. Anyway, I was disappointed by this ending, just across the board. Basically, that's it. Yeah. Those are my thoughts on that. <laughs> okay, good thoughts. <laughs> Ryan, is there a who's that X Men this week? Yes. No. Yes. Okay, great. Let's do that segment. 
All right, let's just get on with that. Get out of the politics because it's kind of shitty here. It is. All right. Uh, who's that, that X-Men? Uh, today we were doing Moira McTiger because we haven't done that before. That and is I feel like unbelievable to me that we've never done Moira. But I mean, you check you know, these things. You keep track. I believe I you. do. We have not. I mean, she's showed up before, but we didn't really do like a whole background on her. Cool. Um, well, let's do it. We will right now. And also, uh, I, w- I feel like people need to need to know who she is because they have some kind of like understanding of who she is from the movies and the movies. That's not Moira McTaggart. Wait, what do you mean? <laughs> like, like in first class in Age of Apocalypse, Moira McTaggart's like oh. super spy extraordinaire. It's like that's not who Moira McTaggart oh, oh, is. Yeah, she's yeah, yeah. she's a saying. scientist, guys. Uh, even though in X Men Three yeah, she was a scientist. That's what I'm there. saying. Like she is she is sometimes more Moira McTaggart like in know, some of the movies. I, those movies, I'm glad they're over. I, I'm really I'm glad. glad they've I'm, never made another live action X Men movie. Certainly not uh, one that we recently saw. None of that. Oh happened. my god. Oh my god. Dark Phoenix. <laughs> oh why? My god. Anyway, it's fine. Anyway. Uh, so. Anyway, so today we're talking about Moira McTaggart. Um, so Moira McTaggart was created by Chris Claremont and Dave Cockrum. Uh, she was born Mo- Moira Kingross. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. I don't know. I'm not Scottish. I don't fucking know. Uh, to <laughs> Scottish parents. Moira was one of the world's leading authorities on genetic mutation, and she had won a Nobel Peace Prize for her work. She fell in love with Xavier at Oxford University and ended their engagement for unknown reasons and returned mm. to Scotland. And my my guessing here is that she realized Professor Xavier is gay and fucking Magneto. But well, all right. that's our canon for what truly happened. I mean, there. I feel like that is what happened here. Uh, so Moira married the politician Joseph McTaggart, who was an abusive husband. She separated from him after he beat her into a week-long coma and raped her, leaving her pregnant with Kevin. Mm. So that is the true version of this story. Moira kept her son's existence a secret from Joe, and when Joe refused her divorce, she allowed people to believe that she was widowed. So they, they never even officially like divorced. She just like left and pretended that she didn't know him. Oof. Uh, she created a research center on Weir Island where she contained her son, Kevin, later called Proteus. So even though she was doing the research on genetic mutation, Muir Island is really kind of based around the fact that she needed a place to house this mutant child. Right. Um, her goal was to understand human and mutant and genetics to cure her son. At one point, Moira rescued Rain Seclair... Uh, also known as Wolf Slane, and when a for- an angry mob was like going to attack her, and she ended up saving her and adopting her. So Wolf Spain is her like adoptive child who gets more attention than Kevin does. Um, and at one point, <laughs> when Cable arrives to the present from the future, and Moira's the person who stands up, a mob- up against a mob going after him because this is what she does her free time is like chase off- chases off mobs, and she becomes <laughs> close friends with Cable. So uh, then Moira and Banshee date like once of the many times they do that. It's just on and off, and that's pretty much Moira's main. Uh, uh, Sling. romance yeah it's banshee um when the x-men well, defeat xavier Pro- but yeah yeah and then when X- x-men defeat proteus we- i talked about this last time where i wanted to clone her son and banshee was like fuck no <laughs> um and yeah. then when wolf spain turns out to be a mutant moyer tells xavier to open up a school for the new mutants and wolf spain is one of the initial members um when all the x-men presumed dead during uh fall of the mutants moyer and banshee form a little team on weir island and they kind of like do their own little thing over there for a while uh, until eventually the entire population of Weir Island is possessed by the Shadow King until uh, the X-Men free them. But while she's possessed by the Shadow King, she's like hot, sexy Moira in <laughs> yeah, bu- like leather and time. dominatrix outfits. Yeah, yeah, those. Yeah, it's a really great outfit. <laughs> right. Okay, then there's this stupid shit. We talked about this way back in the day, I think on the Magneto episode, but when Magneto became a baby for a yes. while... 
<laughs> Moyer tried changing his genetic code to make him good, and oh uh, then later God. on, adult Magneto finds out, and I don't know, they fight or something, and then she, she fixes it. Comic but books anyway, are perfect. I don't know. Uh, Moira becomes a key figure in working on the legacy virus and trying to find a cure for it after witnessing uh, magic dying from it. Uh, Moyer joins Excalibur for a little while after Mr. Sinister attacks Moira Island looking for the genetic information on Proteus. Uh, and Moira, after that, becomes the first human to be infected by the legacy virus because the legacy virus is only infecting mutants at that point in time. So, like, there's that whole, she's the first straight person that got AIDS. Mm. Moira tried to lock herself in quarantine to cure herself from the vir- virus, but her team doesn't let her do that. Uh, Moira does find a cure for the disease when Mystique manipulates the research to have the legacy virus attack humans. So, once when she, Mystique's figuring that shit out, uh, basically, Moira goes and stop that. And Mystique and Sabretooth destroy Moira Island and they severely injure Moira and she's dying and Moira has the cure on her head so she reaches out to Xavier who talks to her psychically and they have a conversation about how to how to cure the legacy virus and then she dies. Um, and the only time we ever see and that was back in the, like the late 90s early 2000s and the only time we saw her since then was during the Chaos War. Moira returns from the dead but she's possessed by Destiny's ghost so it doesn't actually fucking matter and it's I don't even know if it got resolved. But she's she's been dead for like a good 20 years now. So, yeah, I mean, in that sense, it's kind of surprising that she's been adapted as a character for the films. But I guess it just shows you like how many times they've been reusing plot lines from like the 70s and 80s for those movies. Which right. Is because fine. like it, just, from like the 70s, to the 90s. Right? right. Like she was like a huge component character. And like, you know, there's been new stuff that's been written over the past 20 years. And there's been like good storylines and a good repetition of new characters. But you know, it was just a very different era, a very different generation, you know? Yeah, and so, so I mean, that's, I guess, why the, Moira's been in the movies, although not necessarily as herself. You're right. I always forget about the apocalypse version of Moira where she's, like, a super spy. I just, like, I've just blocked all of that out of my mind. Like, none of that even happened. None of those movies are real. Everything is fake. Well, I know. They really are. <laughs> they're all dead. Anyway, uh, that's cool. That's fun to learn about Moira. Um, yeah, I knew there was a nice little easy thing for me to talk about because we never actually talked about Moira on here. So, yeah. welcome. Do you wanna You're re- all welcome. <laughs> Do you want to rate the episode? Um, yeah, I give it like two out of five X's. Maybe like 1.5 yeah. out of five X's. It's not very good. It's not. Rogue has some good moments. I guess I'll give it like a two but it's probably more like a 1.5 i don't know i was pretty disappointed by the end of the episode i i was definitely like staring at my screen saying what aloud at like joe and kevin finally hugging and just being like i don't fucking buy it joe like i do not buy it so yeah, yeah i don't I wasn't either happy with it and i thought it was pretty unsatisfying it, it, it nothing happens they're just in there's two senate hearings really <laughs> not sitting here i don't know what the fuck they are like genuinely i don't know what they are i don't know what don't those know. events are supposed to be at all we may never know and no, only our scottish listeners can save us if we even have any um, i hope so speaking of which they could tell us where island exists it doesn't it doesn't um, uh they could send us reader mail at the mutantages at gmail.com do we have any reader mail we do but did we want to talk about who's gay uh yeah we can't i mean we do everything in a different order every time so sure that's true let's that's talk true about but who's gay let's do that first the So, so I mean, <laughs> kind of really, there. <laughs> I think it's still Kevin. Yeah, 
Well, it's definitely still I mean, Kevin. Like, it's Kevin figuring out that he's gay and having to deal with his dad, who I don't know. Maybe his dad's a little gay too. I mean, there's some a side weird of those gay bathers, but I don't know. <laughs> that so, weird guy in the purple coat. I'm gonna go ahead and say that guy's gay. Don't know anything about him. Don't know who uh, yeah, he is. Same. He's. Gay. I don't know who that guy is. He's gay. Savior's <laughs> um, still gay. I don't know. I was kind of sad we didn't get any like Beast Logan moments. I enjoyed all the the Wolverine and and Rogue stuff in this. That that's a nice friendship to see. I feel like that's kind of what we got instead of a sort of beast wolverine thing that we sometimes get i think because we were kind of going with like a shared trauma angle in this episode which was interesting and i feel like there's a version of this episode that's just a little better written and kind of does something with that this just felt like a first draft or something you know like yeah it, like they just didn't finish writing this episode or yeah, whatever it's, it's really slapped together but yeah there's not there's not really that many great moments between any characters gay or otherwise so it's kind of hard to pinpoint something like that in this app it's just like a bunch of fight scenes that's it right exactly uh it's like not good <laughs> i don't have anything else to say like this is not i know this is i really we're just was not like, digging this episode sucked, at all okay? you know i mean the stuff that i liked about this episode was just rogue mm-hmm. and that's pretty much it and like even wolverine was fucking boring in this because he was off running and crying and like there's like kind of that moment where beast is trying to flatter wolverine which i guess could be perceived as gay but honestly like i think it's just a big uh, it's symbolism for being nothing. gay i don't know there's no yeah. payoff really for any of these plot points so whatever we've complained about it more than enough you want to talk about reader mail yes uh so our first email is from drake who writes hey maddie and ryan with dark phoenix finally out in the inevitable 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 reboot 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 far ahead of us I, why can't i read today <laughs> i thought i'd ask what your fan castings are for our hypothetical x-men the animated series inspired movie or a live action tv show 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 shoot i can't you TV know what you gotta shoot? read the erase. <laughs> tv show i finally maddie's gotta read the read mail today see you next time drake oh um, my god okay so is this an animated fan casting or live action fan casting i think it's live action okay okay so the thing is that all the modern actors that are famous are already in avengers or the other shitty x-men universe so I'm like who is there left that we have we'd have to cast like brand well, new people well that's part of it but i'm more just like i don't actually know if we're going to see another full team of the x-men get cast i just don't think they're going to immediately do that i could see them casting a few more x-men and just being like we're gonna sprinkle these into the mcu and maybe into like the scarlet witch vision tv show that they're working on or stuff like that but i don't think we're gonna have another like brian singer's x-men situation where we have five x-men who are cast and we're like oh great like these are who the x-men are like i could be totally wrong but i just i don't think that's gonna happen however let's pretend it will anyway for no reason i mean it's gonna Um, it's gonna happen eventually (laughs) but i feel like they're they're going to be tapping into i mean first of all all the actors that are male are going to be like at 40 or 50 and then all the girls are going to be like 25 so there's that get I ready mean, for that okay let's be optimistic i i don't know i don't know i i feel like one of the old fan castings used to be tom hardy as wolverine but i feel like even now he's a little too old I for that, agree, like, that was like something I, that people I used really to say years would ago. be all about tom hardy being wolverine i don't know where I that think he came from great I don't either. It's just a popular. I don't know if they would do that though, because he's already been Venom at this point. So who knows? But yes, that's also. You know what else was going around that people? I don't know why this happened, but people were doing like photo manipulations of Tom Hardy as Sabretooth recently. Oh yeah, that could be fun. I I think you're right about Venom though. I sort of forgot about that, even though I love that movie. I know, I know. But yeah, it is technically also. I mean, who fucking knows with the rights anymore? I don't fucking know. Nobody knows. 
I think, honestly, for a lot of these characters, I'd really like to see total unknowns I just mean, show up and I do agree. it. Like, Hugh Jackman was, like, relatively unknown when he was cast as Wolverine. Like, he was he was kind of known, but he was mostly a Broadway star, and he just, like, did a great job with the role, and now he's famous. And, like, that was a great call. Like, they just found the right person for the role. And I feel like that would be cool to see again. I don't, I don't have like a cool fan casting in mind for rogue. Although I've certainly said a few times that I think it would be rad to see rogue in, in a captain Marvel sequel. Like I think, you know, who would would be fucking great to see her. Okay. So as rogue, yeah, we'll, we'll stick on like this Tom Hardy thing for a second, but, uh, okay. Okay. Like Charlie, I like, wouldn't she be fucking great though? Okay, So we just take all the characters from Mad Max Fury road. I mean, this is how Mary Allen would cast it. Uh, Let's be real. (laughs) I'm not opposed to this. I'm not opposed to this at all. That sounds great to me. Um, Charlize would also be a great Emma Frost, just saying. I thought about that too, but I feel like you would be... The thing with Charlize is that she's an action star. Not to say that Emma Frost would not be somebody who... No, you're right. Who would, but like Emma Frost's whole thing... She has the attitude. Yeah, like she needs to be a character that gets to fucking fight people. That is who... That's the character that she plays in all her movies, and she's fucking badass. You want to see that happen, you know? It'd be cool to see that. I, I don't... I feel like there's probably some great actress out there who'd be an incredible rogue that I'm just not thinking of, but... Some Southern Belle. Or somebody who can just do a great accent. Not Anna Paquin, though. Uh, Sorry, Anna, Anna Paquin. Paquin. I mean, they didn't even cast her as rogue. They cast her as some other character that's not from the X-Men. I know, and she could never quite do the accent. I know. Oh, well. Anyway... Let's see. Uh, What's his name as Mr. Sinister? I always talk about it. I have to look this up now. Is um, it that actor who's from Tomb Raider that you were talking about? Oh my about god, how did you like, know? Okay, I just found him. Because we watched the live action Tomb Raider and you were like, this it, is yeah, the guy it's Ian who should be Mr. He's, Sinister. He was in the Resident Evil <laughs> movies, but like, he is like kind of perfect for Mr. Sinister. Like, mm-hmm. 100% Mr. Sinister. Yeah. Just yeah, saying. Yeah, he was great. I, I could totally see it once you pointed it out. Maybe, maybe I don't know who he could be, but we could put like Daniel Craig in there somewhere just so we have like a super hot I don't know situation here. <laughs> yeah, we should just put Daniel Craig in there. Yeah, I don't really care who he. Plays. Yeah, exactly. He, he just... can be Cable. That's fine. We're gonna have to recast Cable anyway. I mean, that's so... too bad because I actually really enjoyed the casting. Josh Brolin. Yeah, I loved yeah. Josh Brolin as Cable. But well, they might. No, he's also Thanos. So this would get confusing really fucking quick. So this is what I'm talking about. I'm like, everybody's already in the fucking Avengers or the X-Men universe. And it's like, this is part of why I'm having my shitty non-answer where I'm like, they should just cast some unknowns. Like, I don't know who would play Storm, uh, honestly. Like, yeah, I mean, Alexandra Shipp, I think is good, even though she's gotten absolutely jack shit. I agree. And it's like, she, they've, they've missed that. I don't know who would play Jean Grey, you know? I don't think they'd do the Dark Phoenix again, though, ever. Especially after seeing that movie. I don't know. I, whatever. I just don't think... I think this is it for that. I, I do, too. And I feel like part of what Fox was doing there is like, we're going to make sure we make a Dark Phoenix movie and we don't even care how bad it is because as long as we make it so bad, people will remember this as Dark Phoenix and then the MCU can never make it. I think Simon Kinberg thought he was making a good movie. Okay, wait, did you see that? Depressing. He made like an announcement where he was like, I apologize. I'm sorry. He's like, yeah, he's like I apologize that bad. I made a really bad bad movie don't blame anybody I else but feel bad me for him because he's like been offered nothing but endless opportunities with the x-men and keeps doing decisions i don't agree with so i don't know why the fuck I because feel he never did him, any fucking research that guy like does not know what he's he, doing like, watched the animated series 60 times and just kept trying to make that a live action movie which like respect the animated series is good but like dude come up with some other shit i don't know anyway whatever i know dark phoenix dark phoenix <laughs> <sighs> do um, we have any other reader mails? We do, we do have a tweet that I wanted to say because somebody tweeted us saying, 
Hi, I just started listening to this podcast. I'm a terrible person. I started at the current app and will work on the backlog between releases. <laughs> two things. Not a terrible person. Two things. I know a bunch of about different tabletop RPGs. If you want to pick pick my brain. Second, I can't fit this in one tweet. So here's another one. <laughs> Second, I heard a theory that Xavier and Magneto's names were meant to evoke Martin Luther King and Malcolm X with their divergent approaches in civil rights. Although they swapped who correlates to whom. Not great. And that's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is true. We've talked about that a little bit on this show before. Not the names thing. Although I think we talked about Malcolm X and Professor X and like how they that's swapping. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I think we maybe mentioned that on that episode. But yeah, we've... If you go back and listen to the backlog person who's who may or may not decide to do that, we, we talk about how those are the political thinkers that these characters were supposedly based on. Although I don't know that that entirely follows with what their political opinions actually are in the comics. But yeah, we, we do know that at least. So yeah, thanks yep. for the tip. Thank you. But also like they were talking about RPG games. Cause I think we were talking about it in a previous oh, yeah. episode. Um, I think I what don't know. will maybe happen someday is I will maybe design a game and we will try something. Yeah. Or we never will. Those are the two I options. I mean, you're basically describing Warcraft Valley where we're going to like sit there and come up with a tabletop game in which and like... just improvise some shit. Yeah. Which, you know what? That does sound fun. And it sounds like something we would do. But but we would need to do a little more research and planning. And, and you know, if anybody has any suggestions for tabletop games that we could adapt to be X-Men that wouldn't be that hard to do... I'd welcome an email about that. Yeah. I don't know that we'll ever actually do it, but I'd be happy to read an email about it. And I'm sure our other listeners would yeah. want to hear about shit like that because they'd be interested. And I, so, I'm yeah, all for it. Definitely write in. Yeah, write in and tell us your thoughts on that because, like, as I said, I don't really know a lot about it. It's not really my and thing, but I, I, would, I would we love to hear about it. Last time. Yeah, I think I don't, yeah. I don't remember how it even came up. Was it like. Oh, because somebody else wrote in and said that they had been playing. Oh, that's, a tabletop that's, that's right. That's right. Game. Which is cool. I mean, I think it's cool that people are out there coming up with that. Oh, and they wanted us to do like a live podcast of that, which is not a bad idea. I still stand by that, like doing an episode like that. I don't think we could do it continuously because I don't know if I would have the patience to do a whole tabletop game. And also, I don't know if those ever end or if they keep going. I don't really know that information. So, you know. I mean, sometimes they end. Sometimes people just keep coming up with more campaigns. I mean, it's like any other podcast. Like, you you do what you want to do. Yeah, pretty much. It's not like this show where it's literally never going to end because we've just signed a contract in blood but yeah you know, I know. sometimes tabletop podcasts end that's how anyway. we took over limbo is we signed our our blood into podcasts and then now we took over limbo and magic's mad at us i don't know i'm just fucking i don't know what i'm even saying <laughs> listen i too am sleep deprived i'm not even sleep deprived note- i just like maybe hungry maybe not but mostly like distracted because this episode is awful not what we're recording like we're we're fucking great let's be real uh no we're we're geniuses yeah i think we're finally at the plug section though are we yes we are yeah we are made it all the way to plugs we've done it we've done it again folks uh so if you want to send us emails about tabletop games or not or anything else it's the mutant ages at gmail.com and we also have a bunch of other social medias like Facebook and Tumblr and Instagram. And we have Twitter at the Mutant Ages. And we're individually on all those platforms. But we really just say our Twitters. I'm at Minnie Myers on Twitter and most other places. Yeah, and I'm I'm also at Minnie Myers. No, I'm at Ryan Pagella. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I, don't cool. know, I don't know what this is with like me wanting to be like you lately. But anyway. <laughs> I'm so cool is why. I know, right? Anyway. You can find me at Ryan Pagella and also go and leave us a rating on uh, whatever app you listen to us on. So if it's on like iTunes or SoundCloud, whatever, like leave us like a whatever star rating. If you want to leave a, like a review, 
would that mm-hmm. would be fantastic because it helps increase our visibility which is really good or you could share an episode with your friends yeah. and just be like hey i like this really gay x-men show yep. and that's another way to boost visibility that maybe you'd feel more comfortable doing yeah and you could also hop onto youtube and w- watch us be idiots there <laughs> yeah so we have a series of let's plays where we're playing a bunch of x-men games and they're really fun to make and pretty fun to watch if i do say so myself and we have some other backlogs of videos on there where we pretend to be the x-men or just edit together clips of the cartoon with clips of this show pretty funny stuff sometimes we react to old videos of us as teenagers pretending to be versions of the x-men or parodies of the x-men that's up there too yeah i mean there's a lot of there's a lot of x-men related content and there's a lot of us being idiots content yeah. on that YouTube i mean you already channel. listened to it's the show you out. found us um <laughs> yeah but last but not least we have a patreon a wonderful wonderful patreon with bonus episodes and all kinds of cool rewards for people who can afford to cake us a buck or two and support the show it's much appreciated for anybody who's able to do that because this is something that we do for fun in our free time and it's nice to be able to pay those hosting fees and pay for equipment and all that stuff. Yeah. And so, yeah, we appreciate that if you can do it. We did it. So we it. did it. We're there. We're there. Another episode in the can. We did it. Another the episode really yeah, episode. can go in the can. <laughs> I, I don't understand how this keeps happening. We're like part one is so good and part two is so bad. It just keeps I happening. I don't get it. I swear they have different teams that do. The I mean, maybe they just want to keep up, keep people tuning in to see part two to see what happened. But then there nothing happens at part two. Like it could have been resolved at the end of part one. Or like they just shit out part two after working so hard on part one. Why? I don't know. Why? I don't know. I'm so tired of the show doing this. Me too. Anyway, Way. We'll see you next time. See you next time. The